As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. There's really no rules in real estate with respect to how you can monetize a deal. I would say that be willing to fail to achieve success in this market. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I want to ask you, do you have a strategy right now where you are getting leads that come into your inbox while you're sleeping? Do you have a strategy where you are optimized with both Google AdWords and SEO, search engine optimization? If not, then guess what? Today's your lucky day. We've got a free strategy session just for you, and it's with Dan Barrett. If you recognize his name, he was a guest on episode 565, and he is the only certified Google partner agency that works exclusively with real estate investors. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash strategy and get a free strategy session to learn with him how to implement an online strategy for your market in both SEO and Google AdWords. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash strategy. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is a show where we cut out the fluff and we only talk about the best advice that moves your real estate investing business forward. And this is the world's longest running daily real estate podcast with us today to keep the momentum going, Fabian Calvo. How you doing, Fabian? I'm doing well, Joe. How's it going? It's going well, my friend. Nice to have you on the show. A little bit about Fabian. He is the founder and president of the real estate investment firm called The Note House. He's the author of The Winner's Advantage, The Resourceful Real Estate Academy, and Yes, You Can. He's closed thousands of real estate transactions, tens of millions in purchases and sales in over 30 markets across the United States. He splits his time between Florida and California, and you can say hi to him at his website, which is in the show notes link, so just click through to that. With that being said, Fabian, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Sure, will do, Joe. Well, thanks again for having me on, and I'm a real estate guy. I love real estate, and basically my story is pretty simple. I was completely dead broke at my early 20s, had had a string of dead-end jobs, And I just wasn't really feeling it. And what I did is I looked around my circle of influence, people that I knew, and many of them had their hand in real estate in one way or another. And they were 
living good lives. I saw that maybe some of them still had jobs or other businesses, but they were closing deals. They really enjoyed it. And that's what really originally piqued my interest. I started to do a lot of research into just investing in general. What I loved most about real estate, what really like moved me to say this is something that I could do is that, and for some, it might sound, Joe, like a late night infomercial, but I kept hearing about the ability to invest in real estate with no money out of your pocket. And I had friends, family members tell me that was not possible, which actually encouraged me more to go out and, and actually implement it and try it. And sure enough, I did. And I started out as a real estate agent and I got really good at finding great real estate deals. And I found that was the key to finding money to close those deals. And I've been in the market for about 15 years. Today, I buy different REOs in different markets across the country. I'm big into what I guess some call virtual real estate investing. And I also do mortgage notes as well, mostly commercial mortgage notes, but residential mortgage notes as well. And I absolutely love it. You mentioned learning to invest with no money out of pocket. Can you give us a specific example of how you did that? Sure. I was living in an apartment complex that I was actually a property manager at. And there was an older gentleman that lived in the apartment downstairs. And every week he would knock on my door with a new get rich quick scheme of some kind, some infomercial product, something he would buy. And he said, listen, Fabian, this is going to be gangbusters. Check it out. And out of all the different stuff he'd bring up, he did bring to me a Carlton Sheets No Money Down real estate course. It was on cassette tapes and it had the VHS and it was an old school program that had been sold for 20 plus years. And Joe, I took that and I literally listened to it every single day for, gosh, maybe a couple months. So what hit me the most was I was selling great deals as a, as a real estate agent to investors. And so what I did is instead I would find a great deal. I approached the same investors and I said, listen, here's the deal. This is what it looks like. This is the money that could be made if we flip it or if we hold on to it and cash flow it. I'd like you to put up the money and I want to get some ownership stake in it. And I found that it was actually pretty well received, that these individuals really didn't have the time to go out and look for these deals. And so many of them were willing to do just that. And from there, really, I just kept replicating that model over and over again. So that was one of the early methods that I used as far as investing with no money out of my own pocket. Did you have the deal tied up under contract before you went to the investors? Early on, what I did is I did not have the deal tied up early on. That was something later on that I said, well, it's better to get it tied up in some way. Early on, I would pitch them the deal and we would basically make an offer, create an operating agreement where I had a partial ownership in the property. And I often will get the question, well, were you afraid they were going to screw you over or screw you out of the deal? For me, my experience was that never happened. I had sold other properties to a lot of these people before. We had a good working relationship. So it wasn't like they were a stranger off the street. That may have helped, but that's early on. I did not. Uh, okay. Moving but, forward, I did actually option the contract and then I would go out and find capital for it. Okay. And going back to the early on example, if you can remember specifics about any of the deals, like just any one deal early on, it would be helpful as far as how much was it, purchase price, any renovation costs, what was your ownership stake for finding the deal, that sort of thing. My favorite one was in 2005. It was actually an apartment complex that was located in Dunedin, Florida. It backed up to this really large canal, like a 90-foot canal. It was 12 apartment units. And this particular building, Joe, it was like falling apart. Only two units were occupied. It was a real, real disaster property. But it was an incredible location. 
So I found the property. The owner was living in New York State. I sent him a FedEx letter saying I'm interested in buying the property, and I made him an offer. That offer happened to be $75,000 per unit, which comes to 900 and change. And I actually made 30 grand as a broker on that deal. That is a deal that I tied up under contract. I brought in two other investors who put up money. And actually what we did with that is we, we turned them into condominiums. One of the gentlemen that I had brought in was a guy that I had sold properties to that was converting apartment buildings into condominiums in Florida at the time. And he already had the whole back-end structure of how to get the units surveyed and the engineer reports and send them off to the state to get them approved. And my ownership stake in that building was 25%. Our purchase pricing was 975. Renovation costs total were about 300,000. We ended up selling each unit between 185 for the one bedrooms, which there were six of, and 250 for the two bedrooms, which there were six of, for a total of 12 units. So the deal was a pretty solid deal. It's probably my favorite early on transaction that I did with zero money out of my own pocket. And what ownership stake did you have for zero money out of your own pocket? 25%. With me having, in essence, what would be labeled Joe sweat equity, I have no capital in the actual investment. But what I did is I project managed it. There was rehabs that needed to be taken care of over every single unit. I ran the project as far as managing the contractors, setting up the sales office, all the other things that came along with it that, again, these individuals didn't want to do, nor did they necessarily have time for so that was really my skin in the game was to time in. So it worked out really, really well. And the individuals who put up the money, did they have a role in the management at all? They had zero role. One of the gentlemen lived in California. The other one was living in Orlando, Florida. The gentleman in Orlando, Florida would come by once in a while. He was a guy who was kind of the expert on the condominium conversion thing that I had worked with in the past. He'd come by and take a look every couple of weeks or so. So it was really kind of an absentee type ownership deal because we were getting results. I mean, from the time we finished remodel, Joe, actually, I take that back. We remodeled the exterior of the building first. And granted, this was in the bubble of 2005 in Florida, uh -huh. but we pre-sold half the units within about three weeks of getting the exterior remodeled and then putting up signs. Wow. When you approached the two individuals who put up the money, how much money they put up? If memory serves, the loan that we got was a construction loan with the bank that's not around anymore. It was Colonial Bank at the time. They were taken over, I think, by BB&T. They were, it was, I think, a 30% down loan, and then they would also finance a construction cost on top of that. Okay, so like 300000 or somewhere around there. Exactly. Right, exactly. okay. And how did you meet these two investors? Both of them I met through being a broker, which is interesting is where I made a lot of these contacts. And here again, I think is kind of a key point, Joe, is that for me, finding really good real estate deals really unlocks a lot of opportunities. One of them being the individuals that you meet, legitimate investors that have cash that are looking for deals. That's why I met both of these individuals. I sold them both properties, sold one of them several properties. And then I just made that flip to saying, hey, what about us going into business together on a per deal basis? All right. I'm going to skip to something you said earlier. You said you do commercial notes. Is that right? When I say commercial, mostly it's all multifamily apartment buildings. These are actually no money down deals as well. And basically this is how it works. So I started doing searches after the crash. This is like 2012, 2013 in parts of Florida. And I'll give you one example. There was a 20-unit apartment complex. The owner was living in California. The property was in foreclosure. It was probably worth 
in its current condition, I'd say maybe 500,000. He had two mortgages on the property for about 1.2 million. And the property was mismanaged. He was absentee. It was just a complete horror show. I talked to him on the phone. He was interested in doing a short sale, really didn't know how it was going to work out. So I basically, that day, Joe, within 30 minutes of talking to him, I had the property under contract between him and I for 475000 And he gave me the contacts to Wells Fargo, which happened to be this commercial division where it was a number you just can't really get access to. It was very difficult. Anyway, I established a good rapport with some of the guys in, those, in that room. So this particular deal, we ended up actually buying the note for 475. And in the meantime of having that property under contract with the bank, there was an investment firm that I was working with out of Tampa that was buying apartment buildings. They were like on an apartment buying spree. I showed them this particular property. They were totally into it. They gave me a cash offer of $600,000. So what I did is basically I settled this throughout the whole entire closing process leading up to the day of closing, about 30 days, I ended up reaching a settlement with the second mortgagee to simply just release the lien on the property. He could still go after the property owner and the property owner knew this. So I gave him, I think it was a $5,000 to release that lien. What was the second lien mortgage holder's incentive to do that? Basically, the property is going to get foreclosed on either way. So if he gets foreclosed on, the second lien is going to get wiped out. So in this case, he could at least get some cash and still go after the principle of the mortgage. Okay. That was my argument with him. And the property was in foreclosure. So, I mean, it was a reality. For the second one, are you meeting this person in person? He was in West Palm Beach. It was all done over the phone. Okay. All right. And uh, so I, I never met him. Okay. So basically that was what happened with the second mortgage holder. The first mortgage holder, the property owner, I had to get him to sign off on the deed and he got $10,000 cash. So the important deal here is that all of this happened at the closing table. One thing that I always talk about when I'm training or I'm talking to people about these kinds of deals, Joe, is that for whatever reason, my experience has been no money down real estate investing kind of has like a shady or like a bad kind of reputation. So I'm really big on full disclosure, obviously, to everybody. So my buyers knew that I had this property under contract for less than the mortgage under contract for less than. I found that as long as they're getting a deal, that's really what they care about. So everybody knew the day of closing, the buyers wired in their $600,000 was to a local title company that was a law firm as well. The purchase price from the mortgage was taken out of that $600,000 as were the $5,000 and the $10,000 to the mortgage holders. And I netted about hundred k on the deal in about under 40 days. Totally no money down deal. I understand this is more of a complex deal for someone who's starting out. They hear this. There's a lot of moving parts. It's not an easy thing, but I think one can build up to these types of deals. How many years had you been in real estate doing transactions until you did this deal? I'd been in real estate for a total of about 11 years. However, I had just started doing mortgage note deals maybe about six months prior. So, I mean, basically what happened is, look, the real estate market's always changing. As many of your listeners know, Joe, as you know, and then there was a tremendous amount, especially in markets like Florida, a tremendous amount of non-performing mortgages. And some of these markets there still are. And so it was kind of like buying for cash flow wasn't working anymore. For that matter, at that time, fixing and flipping really wasn't working because it wasn't that type of investor demand or end user demand, I should say. So this was a perfect opportunity. 
Is that the model that you use when you invest in non-performing commercial notes? It depends. For non-commercial notes, yes, that is the model. For residential notes, it's a little bit different. Sometimes that may be, I either put up some of my cash or investors that I work with will put up cash together and we'll have a clear exit strategy on the actual deal. In many cases, it's a cash for keys model where the homeowner hasn't made payments in years and we give them a cash incentive to actually leave. I think out of all these deals that I've done, I've probably only had to foreclose in about less than 10 of them. Most end up taking the incentive to do a deed in lieu of foreclosure. Mm. You've done deals in 30 markets, right? 30 different markets across the country, yeah. Okay, all right. How do you do that? Those deals are almost all Fannie Mae foreclosures, Fannie Mae REO properties. And this is kind of where the idea of virtual real estate investing comes in. It sounds kind of funny, but really in a way it is. The way I started is that I was in the greater Tampa Bay area. I was doing no deals like the ones that I just talked to you about. And then that same Wells Fargo bank started to give me some deals down to Miami that I started doing. And I found that I could actually do that exact deal without ever looking at the property because there was people in the area that I could send. There was other investors, there was agents. And with technology today, whether it's your iPhone, Android device. I mean, you can get tons of photographs and video. So that's really what I've implemented in other markets. I've worked with several different private equity groups or hedge fund groups that actually are big buyers of Fannie Mae. And they would send me lists of properties. I would send people out to take a look at these properties. And most of the time, here's the key point on that, is the people that I would send out, Joe, were actually local area cash investors. So if I send two or three of them out there, a lot of times, people that are real buyers are going to give me a really good idea of what they think the property's worth, what they're willing to pay for it. And so I would use that with comparable sales, with sending different people out to look at it. So that's basically with kind of virtual due diligence, if you will. What is the business model for these deals? Like, who do you pay these different partners to look at the deals? And how much do you pay? And then how much do you make on average? On average, these were lower end deals. So by that, I mean less than 50K. The average return on the deal was anywhere between, I'd say, if I blended it, it was probably about a 14, 15% return per deal. Some were losers. So if we bought 50 properties at a time, we knew going in, 10 to 12 of them may be losers. The rest of them would have really good solid returns. So the way it would work, Joe, is that basically we'd bring in maybe a couple of investors or I'd use me or some partners would use our funds. We would buy a pool of deals anywhere between 10 to 100 at a time, and we would be buying in markets we already knew, where we already had established real estate agents, and sometimes we'd use real estate agents to sell the properties or to network with their cash investors. We were able to create a flood of cash buyers using Craigslist ads, which is one of the most best ways to tap into cash investor demand in any market, has been my experience. So those were some of the tools that we used, and those were the people that we would send out, and we were buying these really like 20 to 30% below market value, and we were able to do pretty well. So when we had the deal locked up, have a local title company that would close these transactions, I should note the majority of these were quick claim deed transactions. So there wasn't really warranty deed transactions. It was basically we would just deed over the property to them, and that was that. That's how we were buying them. We were buying them on quick claim deeds. How many people do you have on your core team? Right now, it's just myself and two others. And it's always been myself and two others. And that's an interesting question because there's at least some of the companies that I've worked with, Joe, 
that have massive portfolios really consist of three to four different offices. That's why when I do a seminar or I do train some people and they, when I talk about a private equity fund or a hedge fund, people get a little bit freaked out thinking they're talking to a Goldman Sachs. When the truth is, a lot of my experiences in a lot of these offices are small family run offices most of the time. So it's just myself and two other people and then the contractors and the different agents and stuff involved. What's your best real estate investing advice ever? My best real estate investing advice ever is that there's really no rules in real estate with respect to how you can monetize a deal. I would say that be willing to fail to achieve success in this market. And I failed a lot. And through failure, I learned a great deal. And if I wasn't willing to fail, I would never have pulled the trigger and actually executed deals and put myself out there. It's an investment class that requires rejection, requires failure. If you're willing to go through that and to walk through that fire, on the other end, it could be potentially lucrative, if not decent income you could use to supplement your lifestyle. We're going to ask you about your biggest mistake, but we're going to do that later in the lightning round. So are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Looking for your next family vacation spot? Park Square Homes is teaming up with Amina's Mortgage Services to provide a turnkey experience for new vacation rental homes just 20 minutes from Disney World. For more info, contact Amina's Mortgage Services and you can go to their website at aminas-ms.ca. That's aminas-ms.ca. Best ever book you've read? Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Best ever personal growth experience and what'd you learn from it? Um, a private event that I had with a gentleman named Michael Vance. He was Walt Disney's protege and he talked a lot about rejection, accepting failure and thinking outside of the box. He actually coined that term thinking out of the bun for Taco Bell. Best ever deal you've done? Best ever deal I've done is a apartment mortgage note for 72 units in the Bay Area that I was no money down deal that I sold and made close to $600,000 on it in about 45 days. What is a tip you have for someone who wants to do that type of deal? You have to find a mentor. Real estate's one of those things where there's a lot of people out there, Joe, yourself, so many people out there, so many people that are interviewed on this podcast that have done deals like this and learn from people that have already walked through it. Learn from other people, the value of a mentor. I have a mentor today that I use. I've had a variety of mentors throughout my investment career, and I continue to look for mentors because they add incredible value to my life and help me in my business and help my business continue to grow exponentially. Who is your mentor today? Keith Ferrazzi. Who? Keith Ferrazzi. What's the best ever way you like to give back? One of my biggest rewards is the time that when I do have time that I mentor and coach individuals that are stuck and I help them to start closing their first real estate deals, and I absolutely love it. They get hooked, and I get to see that transformation. It reminds me of my story. That's the best way that I love to get back. What's the biggest mistake? You mentioned failures earlier. Biggest mistake you've made in real estate? I did not sell my entire portfolio prior to the 2008 crash, and I had to deal with a lot of failure with respect to foreclosures and negotiating with banks, which actually was an opportunity in the sense that I was able to find and discover the world of non-performing mortgages. But market timing, you'll never be perfect at it, but you got to be able to recognize bubbles sometime. And today we're in a huge bubble and I think people should adjust their investing to fit that situation. And how are you adjusting your investing to fit that situation? I own a few apartment buildings with very little debt. 
Everything else, I basically trade value. So I'm not holding anything long term. I'm not buying for cash flow. I'm not fixing and flipping unless it's something that I can unload very quickly. I'm buying deals that I already have buyers for that I can unload in less than a month. What's the best place the best ever listeners can reach you? They can reach me at resourcefulrealestateacademy.com. Wonderful conversation. Thank you, Fabian, for sharing these specific examples from the commercial non-performing note example where you got it under contract for 475 got a cash offer from a group in Florida for 600 how you negotiated with the different lien holders and paid them off, and then also the example of the 12 unit where you got in the deal, got 25% ownership, acted as a project manager, and talked through how you found the property, sent the FedEx letter to the owner who is an out-of-state owner, and many other ways that you make money in real estate investing. And as you said, with your best ever advice is you can make money in many different ways. You just got to know how to monetize the deals. So thanks so much for being on the show. Really enjoyed this conversation. I hope you have the best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Cool, Joe. Thank you so much. Really enjoyed it as well. Looking for your next family vacation spot? Park Square Homes is teaming up with Amina's Mortgage Services to provide a turnkey experience for new vacation rental homes just 20 minutes from Disney World. For more info, contact Amina's Mortgage Services and you can go to their website at aminas-ms.ca. That's aminas-ms.ca.